Welcome back to the News and Views Radio Network. North Dakota's Attorney General Drew Wrigley joins us. Uh, Attorney General Wrigley, good to have you back on News and Views. Thanks, Joel. I appreciate the opportunity to be on with you and your listeners. Thank you. I know that you've been in front of a number of committee hearings and and committee meetings, and uh, legislators uh, want to talk to you a little bit about some of those issues that you've put forward. I started getting... um, I started getting messages from from people all over North Dakota, not the least of which, and I'm sure this isn't going to surprise you, people involved with district judges who say these mandatory minimums are a bad idea. So I'm going to let you make an explanation as to why you think it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I appreciate that, Joel. The the bill we're talking about is Senate Bill 2107, and it does have some uh, two sets of, of mandatory provisions one that protects our police. Uh, you, you know that you've got a lot of friends in law enforcement, so you hear these same things about the, the, you know, the number of defendants that flee when, when they're trying to make a lawful arrest, the number that resist arrest, that assault the officers. And it's it become such a part of the job that uh, you know, it's a frustration point. It's a morale issue, and it's, a, it's obviously a safety issue for officers. And so what we're seeking in this bill is, is, is providing – that the, that the sentence, when the, let's say someone has a drug warrant for them and an officer tries to, to effectuate an arrest and the, the drug defendant punches the officer in the mouth, eventually the, the drug defendant's getting sentenced on their drug offense. What this provision says is the judge is it's presumptively mandatory and consecutive. You've got to give a separate sentence and it's got to be tacked on to the end of the drug sentence because it's a completely different crime. It's a completely different uh, matter that needs its own sentence. And so that's the presumption. And it says that if a judge doesn't do that, if the judge doesn't give that mandatory sentence for the assault on the officer or for endangering the public by fleeing through town in a vehicle or whatever, if they don't do that, the judge has to put in writing why they didn't do it, why they don't think that officer getting punched in the jaw, why she doesn't deserve an additional sentence on there and, and so forth. And, and, and that is that that's uh, some judges don't like that. But you know what? I've talked to a couple of judges who do because they recognize, you know, you were in the legislature. You were accountable for every vote that you made. We're accountable for what we do here in the attorney general's office. Nobody knows what courts do. And they wonder why they read it in the paper and they're like, oh, I wonder what happened there. They're going to be able to go and research that and say, here, here's why the judge had to give their reason in writing why they didn't think that deserved an extra sentence to put a mandatory minimum sentence on the end of the other crime. That's the first when, provision. The second one when, is hold on a second. Violent. I want to I want to go to the first yeah. one first here. You know when you, you when when you talk about sentencing, I always look at sentencing as a tool or a means for um, you know making sure people don't want to do it. You know, deterring that yep. crime in the first place. Um, do you believe that if you put a mandatory minimum on, that'll that'll deter it? People won't run from the police. That that these individuals who end up assaulting a police officer, they they won't assault them if this gets put in place. I think that it'll de- it will deter some, and that's uh, reason enough to do it. Not all, but it'll deter some. And they'll realize, uh, you know, and word gets out. Prisoners sit around. You talk to the defense lawyers about this or anyone else. Word gets out. Like, the guy realizes, yeah, I'm serving X, uh, I'm serving this sentence, and then I got an additional sentence on the end of that because I punched the officer. Or I fled in my vehicle. And so I got to serve an extra sentence on the end of it. You know what? At the end of the day, um, yeah, they're rational. And you know what they see over and over and over, and this is what we hear from the men and women in uniform, is that they stand there in those courtrooms, and they get to the end, and maybe the judge gives a sentence for it, but they, they let them serve it concurrently, which means it's a freebie. They'll say, yeah, we're going to give you three months for punching the officer when you were getting arrested, and we'll have you serve that concurrently. 
that's just it, that's like not serving anything because they're getting the double time. They're getting time, uh, no additional time. They just get a freebie. So yeah, I do actually think, and I I think it stands to logic that this will be and and it and they and they flee like the, the, the I had one sheriff over in the middle of the state told me that in his first ten years he had like three uh, three flights three three people fled in vehicles when he's trying to effectuate an arrest. And he gave us the number. It was many times multiple of that just in the last year. He said, everybody, please. Uh, my friend, uh, the sheriff up in uh, Grand Forks, Andy, he, he told me to say, Andy Schneider told me the same thing, that fleeing is it's an epidemic. Talk to, talk, to, talk to our mutual friend, Jesse Johnner. He'll tell you about the same thing. This conduct has become an epidemic because they're not getting any extra time for it. Why not? Why not try to flee well, and maybe get away? If you don't get away, that- you don't get any extra time. It's no problem. Sheriff Johnner actually runs a, a jail, uh, a significant jail. So I give you my yeah. word. I will talk to him about mandatory minimums. Yeah. Um, you know, when when you you say that there's no accountability, Mr. Attorney General, I I I think there's a, a serious realm of truth to that. That people don't know what's happening in their judicial system. I I yield to you mm-hmm. on that point. Who are the judges? I mean, if we're willing to say names and check out, give me examples of a judge that gave far too lenient of a sentence. Um, now, when I do that, you know, I, I recognize that, that I'm not looking at the case file. But and, and so just just to understand that I want to be I want to be I'm a little cautious about that. And, and then I'll jump to the end of this and say. One thing I promised every legislator I've talked about this, and also to the governor who I talked about yesterday, I said two years from now, I'm we are working in this office to find ways to shed light in a continuous, real-time fashion on our court system. And it's not enough just that there be an article in the paper, because you don't. There's a lot that you don't see. But I'll give you an example. Just last week, um, there was. I gosh darn it! I grab my notebook here. There's a paper in the. I might have to call you back with that information. The judge's name is in there. But here's a here's a story that happened just last week here in Bismarck. Sentence on a case, a guy um, threatened uh, a female companion with a firearm, threatened her, then went outside, and she must have gone out after him. He drove over her foot while trying to, to get away, get out of the driveway. He drives over her foot, gets out of the vehicle, shoots the firearm right here in the middle of Bismarck, shoots the firearm, uh, discharges the weapon. Um, she's calling the police. He says there's going to be a shootout when the police get here. The cops get to the scene. He won't give up the gun. He won't take it out of his waist. And finally, they, they do coax him to get, you know, put the gun down. He puts the gun down. Guess what he got sentenced to? What? Three I don't know. Years of pro- three years of probation and with a deferred, deferred imposition, which means if he walks off the probation and does what you and I have to do, obey the law for three years, it's like it never happened. Now, each of those incidents, most people would think, you got to go to jail. You threaten, you threaten a woman with a, with a firearm? You don't go to jail for that? Yeah. You drive over somebody's well, foot. I mean, all you, of them. So you you so that, have an immense you have an immense right staff. So, so yeah, I mean, you're not going to have to call me back. Look at your staff; they'll get you the name of the judge, and and uh, I want to know who that yeah. judge is. I want to, I you know, yeah. because I I and I I yielded on the fact that I think we do need to know more about these cases in in the area, Mr. Attorney General of. Of the, you know, we talked about the uh, mandatory minimums. I get that. I understand. And I, I followed some of your testimony on that. It's going to be interesting. But I think we do have to talk to the, the jails. You know, we have to talk to the to people like Sheriff yeah. John, or we have to talk to the North Dakota penal system. And I think that that's yeah. appropriate. Uh, what you're hearing from Sheriff John is that he wants 
mandatory minimums? Is that what he's saying to you? Sheriff Johnner is, is uh, you know, I don't speak for him, but, I mean, he's been, he and the Sheriff's Association here in North Dakota, they or the Peace Officers Association, the Chiefs of Police, has been very supportive. And, and, and Sheriff Johnner and, and I have talked about this legislation, and, and uh, you know, a lot of this legislation okay. is sprung out of my discussions with the sheriffs around the state. But I'll let him speak for himself on that. But, yes, he's been very, he's been supportive of it because they recognize you know, we've got an upswing in violence in the state, Joel, and it's, you know, it's now years in the running. And it's going on and on and on. And you and I grew up in a different state than we have right now when it comes to gun violence in the state and really violent crime. And it, it's a sad thing to see. And I really believe we can still turn the corner on that. But we've got to do it. We've got to address that problem. And our legislation goes right to the heart of violent crimes being committed with firearms. And okay. it, it, depending on the conduct, if you possess the firearm during that violent crime, Three extra years tacked on to the end of the sentence, no questions asked. If you if you brandish the weapon, let's say someone is sexually assaulting a woman and they pull out the weapon to intimidate her, so to to uh, acquiesce as they're going and assaulting her, um, they get five years tacked on to the end of the sentence for the sexual assault. And if, and if they discharge the weapon, as in the last example I gave, it's seven years tacked on. And some people say, well, what about the case where that's just not justice in that case? Well, guess what? Prosecutors can demanditorize the case and enter into a binding plea agreement with the defendant and uh, go in front of the judge with that under North Dakota law. That's just a boogeyman argument to say, oh, but what about the case? What about the case? People always say that. I've been doing this work for 30 years. I've never walked away from a case saying, gosh darn it, my hands were tied. I had to I had to seek more time in jail for that person than, than was just. No, nope. okay. uh, you have avenues and discretion. When we come back, we're going to get a chance to talk about uh, the, those choices, the choices uh, about whether to charge, what to charge, those type of things. Also, Mr. Attorney General, I'm going to ask you about your budget. You knew that. Uh, it's a pretty big budget yeah. request you made. We've got the Attorney General of the state of North Dakota with us. i got two more things I want to get a chance to talk to him about. Uh, the last will be his budget. He knows that. Uh, asking for a 30% uh, increase is significant, and I want to get his take on what that really means. Also, I, you know, it's there. It's still there. And, of course, if we don't bring it up, it, it just fades away. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, have you considered at all uh, filing charges against someone that we believe committed a crime by deleting all those emails of Wayne Stengem? Uh, have you considered filing charges against the former assistant attorney general and his personal assistant? Um. Uh, well, well, I've gone over that several times. No, I mean, we we I, we did at the at the onset. Of course, we went through all of the uh, the evidence uh, involved, all the circumstances involved, and we reached the same conclusion that the state's attorney's office here in town uh, reached when they, I, you know, I talked to them informally about it, of course, and that was the same that every lawyer in in our office concluded, all the con, you know professional staff, that there was no crime that had been committed. It was an incredibly unfortunate thing. I, there was no one more upset to learn that had happened than me. And it routinely, I'll say to myself still, you know, damn, I wish we had those emails to see both to avoid this question having to come up. But also there's times you just wish it was there. There's currently legislation, though. I mean, the result of our transparency about what took place there, there's legislation pending up the hallway to have some mandates around this building for everybody uh, so that, that this kind of thing can't happen again in the future. It's elevated the issue. Um, it's uh, going to be resolved, I think, by legislation going forward. But there wasn't a crime. We're convinced there was no crime committed. Uh, the same is true down in the state attorney's office. They they felt the same way about it. And uh, like that doesn't mean that it's not incredibly disappointing. And and uh, we were we were 
disappointed and angry to learn that it had happened. Um, and uh, those people have moved on and are not in this office anymore. And, uh, and uh, you know, that's, well, that's what there, we do. there's, we, there's many legal experts that do believe that there was a crime committed. Uh, but that being said, uh, I guess my point to you would be, I think it would definitely be a determinant uh, if if it would deter anybody from doing it, if you did file charges against them, and then they can prove that they didn't commit a crime. Uh, all well, right, be, let, let, that's not the way the system works, though. That'd be like well, the, the system works that when you destroy government documents and, and you do that, it's illegal. Yeah. It wasn't their documents, and they destroyed them, and and that's illegal. That that I can get any lawyer you want on, Mr. Attorney General, to point out that they Joel, feel the that's context, illegal. The context matters very much. Obviously, every day in this building, thousands of emails are deleted. I mean, that's not. It's not true that if you de- if you delete that, it's a crime. That's not true. It has to be for a purpose and in a context and a whole host of things that we had to consider. So it's not true. I mean, every day we have absolute right to delete, and it does. Even though led legislation pending up the hall they even acknowledge that emails are going to be destroyed it's the context within which you get done that's the reason because they knew why they were deleting them and they knew what what we can go on and on i just wanted to know if if we're trying to deter white collar crime as much as we are others uh i want to ask you about this if if i were sitting in one of those chairs and you came at me with a 30 percent increase in your budget i'd look in you in the eye and i'd say you know you're not getting that so all you want is 15 uh is this a strategy just to get a huge increase in your budget nope it is not and we've told every legislator when we talked to them we spent six months building this budget internally I've got. Uh, I've engaged our division directors at a level on on, on the budget making that uh, I, I would dare say they've not been engaged before because we we've, we've really built this at a granular level. Also meeting with uh, the men and women and our stakeholders around the state, people in law enforcement, in uh, other entities, boards, commissions, others who rely on this office for legal representation, looking at the history of some budget items, and recognizing that the market is changing. Our office. We have some of our pay structure is making it very, very difficult, if not in some instances impossible, to compete within government. Uh, I've had lawyers leave in the last year who one came and he said, "I he's making seventy some thousand dollars a year, and he went to, he went to another government entity here in the building that gave him three thousand dollars a month more." He just shrugged. He said, "Drew, there's nothing I could." I said, "Of course, there's nothing you can do, and we have no." Uh, ability to compete with that under the current structure. So we've got uh, we've got some equity pay to get us on par so we can compete with the government. I've got a couple of openings in my criminal division. And they're going to be open for a while, Joel, because the state attorney's office here in town pays a starting salary about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year more than we're able to under our budget. So some those are some of the things we've got to address. Uh, our civil litigators, same thing. They're litigating some of the most important uh, financial matters in the state of North Dakota. And so often in the last many, many years, they, they, we've got a big multi-million dollar pool of resources to hire outside lawyers to do the lawyering for the state of North Dakota. That's not efficient. That's not the ideal, but it's the system okay. we've got right now. And I've we're going to build a different 15 seconds system. left, Drew. I, yep. uh, time's got me. I appreciate you coming on, and, and let's do it again soon, okay? We'll do it again. Thanks for the you opportunity, bet. Joel.